The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying all right welcome in to the punt and pass podcast i'm your host drew butler joined as always by my co-host aaron murray and aaron we have cause for celebration my man college football is back the official official start of the season is this weekend starts thursday night actually i'm not counting week zero last week Thursday night, Big Ten matchup on ESPN, but a great slate of games for week one. We are going to dive in and predict, talk about, pick every single big game on this, the week one episode of season two of the Punt and Pass podcast. But Aaron, it's still the month of August. It's August 30th, so you know exactly what that means. This episode, again, is presented by... Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey. Now, here's the difference in today's episode. I'm not going to tell you about all the gold medals Uncle Nearest has won in all these international spirits competitions. I'm not going to tell you how Cigar and Spirits Magazine rated them a top five whiskey of 2017. What I am going to tell you, Aaron, is how many people have reached out to me personally through email, on social media, to tell me they've tried Uncle Nearest and to tell me how much they... Love it, and I knew they would. If you try it, you will enjoy it, and there's no better time to get on the wagon than right now. Right now. The season is starting. Bring Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey to your tailgate. Share it with your friends and get everybody else on board. The easiest way to do that, Aaron, go to www.unclenearest.com. Type in your zip code. Find out where you can buy it or where you can try it. They are on Facebook at facebook.com slash Uncle Nearest. And they're on Instagram and Twitter at Uncle Nearest. That's at Uncle N-E-A-R-E-S-T. And Aaron, you're on Instagram and Twitter at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13. And we are at punt and pass. Aaron, we've talked about every single storyline for the past month. Games are finally here. It's going to be an awesome weekend of college football. Are you excited? It's about time football's here. It starts tonight. I mean, there's some good games, Northwestern and Purdue on a Thursday night. I'm interested to see Texas A&M, obviously the big news with Kellen Mond being the name the starting quarterback this week. Let's see what this team looks like. They got a lot of starters back. Obviously, Jimbo. Let's see what the mentality is as a team. 
this new pro style offense, getting these quarterbacks under center. It's going to be fun. I think that a lot of people are, are really excited for this season. It's a tough schedule for the Aggies, uh, but the Jimbo Fisher era begins tonight. So I'm going to be tuning into that one to watch it. And then there's great games all weekend, Friday night games. Saturday, there's just a ton of games which we'll get, dive into. I'll be in Laramie covering okay. the Washington, Washington State-Wyoming game. So I'm going to try to sneak because it's at 3.30 at the same time as uh, I believe Auburn and Washington kick off. So going to try to sneak into my iPad up there and, and try to watch the game. But it'll be a fun weekend for everyone to get going. No doubt, dude. It's going to be a great weekend of college football. Starts Thursday night, goes all the way through the weekend. Should be exciting, and uh, there's fantastic matchups. We're going to talk about all those great matchups. We have a top 10 matchup in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Michigan and Notre Dame, that's the college game day game. LSU-Miami, Sunday night. Virginia Tech and Florida State, ACC clash, Monday night. And you know what, Aaron? Let's do this first. Let's talk about something that happened yesterday. Something that happened yesterday that really took me by surprise, and it was Zach Smith, the Ohio State fired wide receiver coach, took to Twitter and went off. All right, before we dive into these games, this dude was shouting off on Twitter at Brett McMurphy, who's the journalist that broke the story about the alleged domestic abuse against Courtney Smith. He fired off on anybody who would tweet back at him, saying, you've injured my kids, you're hurting my kids, this is not about me, I never beat my wife, I can't wait to have my day in court. Honestly, just a terrible look, and it helps nobody in this. It doesn't help Urban Meyer, it doesn't help the players, it doesn't help the fans, and something that you've continued to say throughout this entire debacle, Aaron, is that this is going nowhere. Well, it's it's not going anywhere, and the issue is, let the kids move on on this program. Let's start the let's start the healing process for everyone, whether it's the people that were directly affected, or the university, the students, the players. And and the more you get out there in social media and just start chatting away and fighting people and accusing people of saying this or saying that, uh, you're just prolonging the process. You're prolonging the healing uh, that needs to take place. And it's a, it's a tough situation, but I'm just not a big fan of anyone who decides to use social media to go defend themselves. Yeah. It's just, it's not a good look, especially when you are in Twitter wars with random fans, because listen, there's a lot of people out there that just want to egg you on. They're just doing it just to do it, just to get a reaction out of you. And it just makes him look weak. Um, and honestly, I don't think if anyone, I don't, I don't think anyone believes him. It's not just a domestic violence. It's the, it's the sex toys uh, delivered to the facility. It's the, uh, being with the secretary, with the secretary yeah. it, you just have built up this reputation of being just a bad human being and just not a good guy. So I don't know if anyone is going to believe you, especially when you, like I said, you're fighting random people on Twitter. No, there's no question about it. And you just said it. It's so much more. I mean, obviously, the domestic abuse allegations are sickening and they're terrible. And that's enough right there for. Uh, just cause of a firing, but there's so much more to this story than just what's been alleged of him and uh, what happened with his relationship with his now ex-wife. But to take to Twitter and literally just go off, I mean, you have to go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. 
He seems unhinged. He seems mentally unstable. And for him to attack everybody that said, hey, man, you might want to log off. This isn't helping anybody. And he was just firing off at people saying, I can't wait to have my day in court. I never beat my wife. You guys are hurting my kids. Urban Meyer lied in his apology. Urban Meyer knows the truth. The president of Ohio State is to blame. I mean, this dude, I wish <laughs> I wish he'd come on the podcast and defend himself because that would be um, electric. But this guy is crazy. He almost seems like a WWE character. He's gone full heel. Um, and again, the domestic abuse allegations are terrible. And uh, for that reason, he's not invited on the Point and Pass podcast, Aaron. But... It's crazy stuff. This will continue to come up throughout the entire season, as you've stated again and again, Aaron. So we will watch and see how this continues to develop. But again, Urban Meyer not going to be on the sideline this week, the next week, or the week after that. He will be able to coach the team throughout the week, which is really bizarre. I, I, don't, I don't even know what kind of suspension that is. But we're going to follow Ohio State, as is the rest of the nation, and see how this continues to percolate. Okay, on to the football, Aaron. Let's talk ball, all right? And, and we'll start with something that you and I know really well, and we can touch on it very quickly before jumping into these top 25 games. But a lot of hype around the Georgia Bulldogs as they take on an FCS school, Austin P. In Sanford Stadium at 3.30, I checked, and they're not on the board. So there's no point spread, no over-under. This one should be done by the end of the first quarter. I'll just take my quick few points here. Jake Fromm starts. They run the ball down Austin Peay's throat. They have a lot of success on defense, stuff in the run. Obviously, everybody wants to see how the defense plays without any of the same linebackers from last year. And a revamped secondary. And then you're going to get a lot of Justin Fields and a lot of young guys, am I right? I mean, this should be 35 nothing at halftime. Get the starters off. Let's start getting ready for uh, South Carolina. Yeah, you want to get the starters adequate amount of playing time because South Carolina week two, you got to be able to get all those kinks out week one versus a lesser opponent. Gain the confidence. Uh, get back into the game speed. So look for those, those starters, like you said, to play the first half, uh, maybe even a little bit into the second half just so you get used to getting that adjustment halftime adjustment you know what hey, what is the defense presenting what's the offense presenting what do we need to adjust going in the second half so maybe it's like a third third game of the preseason for nfl teams is kind of what they do just so you get out there play a play a, maybe one possession or two possessions in the second half uh, and then get the young pups in there get those young guys some some pt because there's a lot of talent i mean all, from talking to coaches and and players at uga the camp right now a lot of talent on the defensive side of football. A lot of freshmen who they say look the part right now. They look like they're ready to go. I'm interested to see if they're going to get in the first half or are they going to get in the second half. And I think all eyes will be on Justin Fields, obviously, in that second half. See what he can do uh, at home against a lesser opponent. See his ability and pe get people pretty excited about the future. No question. Uh, some players that I definitely want to see not named Justin Fields. I want to see James Cook, the freshman running back, and um, I definitely want to see how Demetrius Robertson fares. I mean, I understand this is against Austin P. I I know he's a former five-star recruit that's already played Division I football at Cal, but I just want to see how he looks in his jersey. I want to see how he runs his routes. And again, you're not going to get much from a fan perspective or an analysis perspective, 
But Georgia's got to execute early, put some points on the board, and get ready for South Carolina because as you watch ESPN or CBS Sports or anybody who prognosticates college football, Aaron, people are already saying Georgia could lose in week two and may lose. So we'll definitely dive into that game much deeper next week. Score prediction, Aaron? I mean, are we talking 41 nothing? or are we talking 42-17? Yeah, what are you thinking? No, no, I, I don't see... Georgia giving up uh, double digits here. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Maybe give up a field goal and maybe a touchdown late, make it a 10 points for Austin P. But it's going to be extremely decisive early. Um, it, there's going to be no messing around. You know, Georgia always has sometimes a tough problem playing these type of games when they're at noon, early wake up, get going. 3:30, the juices are going to be flowing. Should be a beautiful day. I expect this team to come out. And like you alluded to, run the ball early. The, the, the biggest difference is the offensive line versus Austin Peay's defensive line. They're going to be able to move these guys yeah. up and down the football field effortlessly, in my opinion. So they're going to be able to score points, eat up the clock, uh, and let's get those young guys in there and get everyone, make sure everyone's healthy leading up to that big battle we'll discuss next week versus South Carolina, which I think is the game of the year for Georgia. I'm going to give you one player that people will be talking about after Saturday. So Saturday around 7.30 p.m., 8 p.m., one Georgia player that everybody will be talking about is Akeel Crumpton, okay? Akeel Crumpton was number 16 last year. He's this little slot, scat-back, receiver-type guy. He's since switched his number to 25 when Demetrius Robertson came into town. I know for a fact he's had a dominant fall camp. I think he is going to be Jake from security blanket this season and look for him to have two touchdowns this weekend. Akil Crumpton is who everyone will be talking about Saturday night. Is that a hot take? Is that your hot take? No, I think that's just going to come true. You know, I'm known for predicting the future and that's who everybody's going to be talking about. Akil Crumpton. Who are you going to talk about? I think people are going to be talking about this receiving core when Georgia comes out and three receiver sets and, and starts spreading the ball out and moving these guys around. I think this offense is going to evolve this year from a, a, a run heavy, extremely run heavy team last year. You saw, especially with from being a freshman quarterback, true freshman quarterback to more balanced, you know, you're going to see more 11 personnel. So one tight end, three receivers, one running back. There's just too much talent from, from top to bottom. This may be one of the, the, the most, talented deepest receiving core Georgia's had in a long long time so I'm excited to see what they can do and that's only gonna make things more balanced and and give defenses more headache you can't bring a safety in the box you can't add another linebacker in the box you're gonna have to play more too high which is only gonna help this running game out more down the line no doubt should be a good fun weekend to kick off the 2018 campaign for Georgia and if you're going to the game Make sure you head over to imperialsports.com. Pick up some punt and pass gear. Rep the pod inside the stadium. You'll stand out. You'll look great. And it's quality stuff. So check it out for sure. It's also on our Twitter and Instagram at punt and pass. All right. Into the top 25 games, Aaron. Let's run through these pretty quick. It's a great slate. And I want some picks. I want three picks from you. Okay, Aaron? Three picks. You can go against the spread. You can go over under. I'll give you three picks as well. Let's start in Atlanta. 3.30 p.m. in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. It's a great top 10 matchup. Number nine, Auburn, is taking on the number six, Washington Huskies, a favorite from the Pac-12. 
Auburn is a two-point favorite, and the over-under here is 48.5 points. Let me start by saying this, Aaron. All right. I need to know, and I've searched this online, and I can't find a definitive answer. I need to know if in the history of college football there's ever been a three-game losing streak that has spanned across two separate seasons that's happened all in the same stadium that is not the home field of the team that's losing the games, all right? Auburn lost the SEC championship to Georgia in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They lost to eventual national champion Central Florida in the Peach Bowl in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And now they're back again in Mercedes-Benz Stadium playing in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. If they lose, I got to think that's a first in college football history. Are they going to lose? I don't think so. I think this defense uh, that Auburn has, especially their front four, front seven, is going to be dominant. And then Jared Stidham, year two in this system, look for him to take leaps and bounds over last year. The confidence, understanding. Um, so, I, And I think they understand the importance of this game. I think both teams do. Obviously, Washington the Pac-12, they understand if, if the Pac-12 is going to get a team into the playoffs this year, more than likely it's going to be Washington and to take a hit like this early in the season is definitely going to hinder their ability to get into the playoffs. And then you look at Auburn, I think they look at their schedule and saying, okay, we play at Georgia, at Alabama later in the season. We need a fast start. We need to get going, build momentum throughout the season to get ready for those games on the road late. And that starts with a big win this week. So listen, it's going to be an extremely tough game. I would go under the total points. I think these are both very talented defense Washington has a ton of talent on the secondary side uh, to combat this Auburn pass game and what Jared Sim can do. So it, it's going to be closer. Uh, obviously, the spread's pretty tight. Uh, I, I'm going with Auburn. I think I'm going to go quotes home field advantage being in Atlanta. I know Chris <laughs> Peterson. I know he knows how to play uh, in this Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. We've talked about the Boise State game where he coached against the University of Georgia. But I think Auburn's confident. I think... Like I said, I think they're too dominant at the line of scrimmage uh, heading into this game that they they'll do a good job and, and they'll 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 get this W. All right. Well, first things first, you're wrong. Um, I do like the under pick, Aaron, for sure. Under 48 and a half. You sound pretty confident in that. But I have to go back to that 2011 Chick-fil-A kickoff game. You just mentioned it. Chris Peterson was the head coach at Boise State, Georgia, led by yourself. They kept it pretty close in the first half. I mean, Boise State was a known um, power five world beater at that time, and we kept it very close in the first half. Chris Peterson took the Boise State Broncos into the locker room, made the halftime adjustments, and they crushed us in the second half, and they won that game. I think the real advantage here is this. Chris Peterson, with a month to prepare, is a better situational football coach than Gus Malzahn. That's what it's going to come down to. Aaron, it's week one. I understand you say Auburn has a great front seven. I know you love Jared Stidham. But from a schematic standpoint, I think Washington will have the ability to execute a game plan a little bit better than Auburn. Give me the two points. I'll stay under the 48 and a half, all right? But I think Washington wins this football game it means more to them if they lose this game they'd have to run Listen, the entire table more, on the pack 12 it means more to everyone uh, it means just as much to auburn they understand the ramifications of losing uh, i don't i don't buy it means more to them i think i think this here's what i'm saying though i think if washington wins 
Saturday against Auburn. They're the only team this weekend in week one that immediately cements themselves inside the top four. Am I right or am I wrong on that? No, they do. I mean, they're at six now. I, I don't know if I'm going to jump them up to the top four. I think that's pretty much set where it is right now. You're going to need some teams to start losing. And, and so I think things will get shaken up, say, week six, if a couple other teams in the top five start losing, or say Auburn then goes on a roll and wins five straight. You're like, okay, you beat an Auburn team who's pretty darn good. Um, but still, it's, it's early in the season. I mean, Auburn could end up being a bust for all you know. They're like, okay, that game, yeah, you won. But you're talking about an Auburn football team who's going to be seven and five, eight and four. So I don't think it's the Mets anything. I get. To, I think it gets them excited. I think it's the Pac-12 excited. For sure. I think it's it kind of demonstrates like, okay, we have a contender on our side because looking at that league right now, USC is going to be a little bit down. Um, and other than that, there's not really anyone in my opinion who has a chance to make. Uh, make the championship at the end of the day i know uh, i know auburn has gone through all of their uniform combinations and i believe they're wearing all white white helmet obviously white jersey white pants white shoes a combination they have not worn at mercedes-benz stadium yet so the the curse is real i'm taking washington everybody listening washington's going to win the chick-fil-a kickoff game aaron obviously is on the other side with Auburn. Moving to college game day, Aaron, they are going to be in South Bend, Indiana. Number 14, Michigan, takes on number 12, Notre Dame. This is a night game. Notre Dame is a one and a half point favorite. The over-under is 46 and a half points. You're high on Shea Patterson. You love the Big Ten East. I think we're going to have another disagreement here. What are you thinking? Whoo. Michigan, I'm going with Michigan. I'm, I, like you said, I'm high on Shea Patterson. I think an incredible defense that Michigan's bringing back this year. A lot of talent on that side of the football. And you look at Notre Dame and their offense, losing two top offense linemen, losing their their top running back. And then Wimbush, who was named the starter this week, not an accurate quarterback. I mean, he's a 50% completion kind of guy. If you can't run the ball, and obviously you can't complete the, pa- the passes uh, on that side as well, you're not going to be able to move the ball against this Michigan team. Yes, Notre Dame has a very good defense as well, but I just think Michigan's offense stacked up against Notre Dame's offense is far superior, especially now the fact that they have a quarterback, someone who I believe he still has a lot to prove. I'm not going to say this guy is a Heisman winner. He's going to be uh, an All-American, but he's better than what they've had in years past. He brings an excitement to that football team. You know, sometimes you can just guys on the football team feel the energy they feel that, okay, we we believe in this guy. And when you believe in your quarterback, you're going to go out there and play better. You're going to play harder. You're going to play more excited. I think you're going to see that energy throughout that football team against Notre Dame. And like I said, I think that defense is going to dominate Notre Dame's offense. So I got Michigan winning this game. Um, I think it's going to be low scoring. Like I said, two great defenses, but Michigan's offense far superior than Notre Dame's offense. All right, so Aaron takes the points, Michigan getting one and a half. And I have to just say this, all right? I love the contrast of you and I right here on Punt and Pass. 
you love Shea Patterson, and I think I I, I understand Michigan is listen. Not I'm not, I don't love Shea Patterson. I think he's no, like you said, do. He's it's better. Okay to admit it. You, he's you better than him. what they've had. You'll text him tonight. You'll say good luck, buddy. I love yeah. you. Good luck. You could get a good night's sleep. You'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> You'll Positive take care thoughts. of all those things. But I I do understand where you're coming from because Michigan has had zero quarterback help really the past couple of years since Jim Harbaugh has been there. Shea Patterson coming from Ole Miss. He obviously got the waiver transfer. Um, requirement because of Hugh Freeze and whatever at Ole Miss, but I look at Shea Patterson as a bit of a wild child, all right? He may turn the ball over. He may try to extend some plays past his ability, and that could hurt him in the long run. Here's where I'm, why I'm going to take Notre Dame. First off, this line opened as Notre Dame being an underdog at home. I love that. I love a home underdog, especially in an evenly matched up game. Michigan clearly has some absolute studs on the defensive side of the ball. If you look at any positional ranking in preseason college football, I mean, they've got top five players just about across the board. This game is at South Bend, all right, and it's a night game. Notre Dame had a game last year early in the season, night game in South Bend, and they lost a close game to Georgia. And at the end of the year, it cost Notre Dame big time. I think they learn from that experience a year ago. They're going to put a little bit more emphasis on this game. Take care of the football. Trust in Brandon Wimbush. Run the ball. Don't turn the ball over. I mean, I sound like a broken record, okay? And I know that's about as simplified as you can get. But I think Notre Dame just does just that. It's week one, Aaron. I'll lay the one and a half points. I think Notre Dame wins by a field goal, and a lot of people are upset with Jim Harbaugh after week one. But again, I like Notre Dame. I think they learned from a year ago. They win by a field goal. You like the one and a half. You like Michigan. Two disagreements through two games, Aaron. Let's Mm. see if we can agree on something. Moving towards Sunday night. This game is in Dallas at Jerry World, AT&T Stadium. Number 25 LSU plays number eight Miami Miami is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 46-and-a-half. Coach Rick going to start off hot this year and beat it up on an SEC team? I think so. I think um, Malik Rogier hopefully is improved. Uh, he had spurts last year where you thought he was a pretty good passer. Now it's had another offseason to work on his game, so hopefully he finds a way, uh, especially against a very tough LSU defense. Uh, they got talent at the linebacker position. They got one of the best corners in the in the country with Greedy Williams. So hopefully um, they'll be able to move the ball. I just, once again, question marks for LSU. Joe Burrow, completely unproven, uh, got in. I think he only threw about 70, 80 passes while at Ohio State. Just kind of come in there, backup duty. Ohio State's mopping up on someone. He's going to go in there and play a little bit. So we really don't know how good this kid is, especially against very good talent. So... Uh, We'll, we'll find out. We're going to find out real early because Miami has a great defense. They got a lot of talent. They got a lot of speed. We'll see what he can do. And then there's a question mark with the LSU running backs. I mean, they, they haven't had a guy first time in, I don't know, 40, 50 years that they don't have a guy retur- returning that has a touchdown from the previous season. That's something we could always rely on. LSU can always run the football no matter what's going on at the QB position. They could run the ball. They could eat the clock up. They could dominate the line of scrimmage. So, LSU, it's going to be a rough season offensively. It's going to be a lot of learning curve, learning the new system. Uh, They're going to try to be more open, a little bit more 50-50 run pass. Uh, It's it's going to be tough. they got to find their identity and playing against a Miami team who's coming off a really good season a year before. 
may not be the best game one for this team in finding that identity. I think they'll struggle. Um, and I think Miami wins this game and they cover the spread. All right. So Aaron laying the points down. I do like what you said about LSU's offense though. There's just so many question marks. I don't care who the quarterback is. Obviously you just mentioned the running back situation. Nobody's returning with a touchdown from the year before question marks, Aaron and inside Jerry world against a good top 10 Miami team may not be the first game that this team would have liked to have played against, you know, play in Austin P figure out who your pieces are, move on from there. The timing aspect may not be the best for LSU. And I'll agree with you. I think I was thinking about LSU until you just gave me those talking points. I will also lay the points here with Miami they coming off a three-game losing streak at the end of last year. I mean, do not forget about that. They lost to Pittsburgh. They got absolutely crushed in the ACC championship game to Clemson, and then they kind of fell flat on their face in the Orange Bowl against Wisconsin. So they've been thinking about that all offseason, right? They're returning a lot of starters. I like Miami here, and I will also lay the points. So Miami minus 3.5, I think a timing perspective proves to be Miami's biggest advantage here three more games Aaron we're going to run through them pretty quickly all right first game that you must talk about (laughs) it's in Charlotte it's at 3 30 also on Saturday Tennessee is taking on number 17 West Virginia now get this West Virginia is a 10 point favorite that's right a double digit favorite the over under is 61 and a half this is your boy Jeremy Pruitt's first game as head coach for the Tennessee Volunteers and we're gonna it's gonna be interesting to see talking you know and speaking with some of the coaches at West Virginia um they don't know what to expect I mean what is this Tennessee offense gonna look like what's this Tennessee defense gonna look like I don't think they're gonna go out there uh, and try to confuse anyone uh, with a new system on both sides of the football you want to keep it pretty simple for these guys in order for them to be able to play fast execute and feel good about their their direction I just I think will Greer for West Virginia extremely talented quarterback. I'm excited to watch him play. I think they're going to score a ton of points on that side against a Tennessee defense that still needs to find its identity, get tougher, get meaner, get more physical. Can West Virginia's defense stop Tennessee? Not consistently, but I think enough. I, the more I keep going back and forth on the points, West Virginia, in my mind, is definitely going to win this football game. I go back and forth saying, can they stop Tennessee? I don't know. Come but on, dude, I, double I, down I, and I do. say they're going to win by 30. Come on. I think they're going to win by they'll win they'll win by more than 10. I'm okay. taking I'm All taking right. it. Yeah, they'll win by more than 10. I could see I just think I think West Virginia I think Will Greer is going to have one of those days of four a four passing touchdown day. I think he is. Okay. I think he's going to go off. They're going to score 40 plus points and I can see Tennessee scoring 17. My life's work for this season of punt and pass is to literally have you pick against Tennessee against the spread every single week just to fire up the fans on Rocky Top. You know what? I would say Tennessee would win this game outright if they had one person on their team, Aaron. And that, of course, would be Nathan Nearest Green. You know, Nearest Green, the best whiskey maker the world never knew. Until now, of course, he's the namesake of Uncle Nearest Whiskey. He's the first African-American master distiller on record. He perfected the Lincoln County process, which distinguishes Tennessee whiskey from bourbon that's why uncle nearest whiskey is so great but he's not on the team uncle nearest is not on the tennessee volunteers this is jeremy pruitt's team now and i think 
that they will come out and play a much more competitive game than people are giving them credit for, really for no other reason except by setting the standard of the Jeremy Pruitt regime on Rocky Top. Give me the 10 points. I'm not as sold on Will Greer as some other people are. I know he had a good season last year. I know he got hurt late. I know he is a Heisman candidate, but... It wasn't just last year. I mean, when he was at Florida, they were winning ball games. The last time Florida actually had a quarterback, he was dominating there before he got suspended. So it's not just one. Oh, he had one lucky year and he came out there and balled out. No, right, he's, he's proven it at Florida too. I understand that. that. He, he's a, he's consistently a top-notch quarterback. I'm not sold on Dana Holgerson either. He always gets a lot of credit. Offensive genius X Y Z. They don't win as many games as they should for him being considered some top offensive guru in America. So. Hey, I just have questions, and and you know what? As the season progresses, those questions will be answered. But give me the 10 points, Aaron. Do you like the under 61.5 here? I know you had some strong feelings about that. Uh, I'm going to go over. Over I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over. I I just don't think very good defense all around. Um, I think this game could get sloppy on the defensive side of the football for both these teams. Uh, You may see some big plays both in the run game and pass game. All right, two more games. I just need a pick here. Louisville plays Alabama. This one's in Orlando Saturday night. Alabama, 24.5-point favorite, over under 62.5. What do you got? Uh, Alabama's going to whack some. I'm taking Alabama. Yeah, they're going to cover. Louisville, new quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Your guy is not back. He's with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you do have, They do have some talented receivers. Uh, they not great in the defense side of the football. I think you're going to see – a fun, explosive Alabama offense. Two is going to be the guy. Uh, they're going to let him do his thing and get guys excited. I think they're going to see what he can do a full game, being number one. What is this offense going to look like going forward? I'm, I'm kind of excited to see it because they got talent. They got a lot of young receivers. We saw it last year in the national championship game. Yeah. Obviously, they're stacked at running back once again. This could be a dangerous Alabama offense, and this could be the first week we have to actually see it. All right, I will lay the points as well. Bama minus 24.5. Two of starts. Hopefully he doesn't turn the ball over, and that should be smooth sailing for the Tide. Last game, Aaron, Labor Day evening, Monday night. Number 20, Virginia Tech at number 19, Florida State. That's Willie Taggart's first game as head coach of the Knowles. Florida State, surprisingly to me. Seven and a half point favorite over under 55. Let me take this one first. I am not sold. Not sold. Hashtag not sold is my theme of today's punt and pass on Willie Taggart. Give me the seven and a half points, please. I'll take Virginia Tech to win outright. I'm going to go with FSU. I mean, you look at Willie Taggart where he's been USF and Oregon. They've always been a top 10 running offense. You know, two years at USF top 10 Oregon. They were up there as well. You come into a team that has some great running backs, Cam Akers, freshman last year, over a thousand yards. I think they're going to be able to run the ball consistently, kind of work DeAndre Francois back into game shape, get him feeling confident. Yeah, remember this guy was, uh, people were all over him. Week one last year, they were talking about this guy leading FSU to, to great heights, obviously then gets hurt versus Alabama in that first game. Still, I think he's a very good quarterback. Need, like I said, need to get the rhythm again of being in a full speed offense. But the, the best friend of a quarterback is a great running game. I think FSU has it. Uh, I think they'll be able to move the ball. And uh, Virginia Tech, always stout on defense. They lost a ton of talent to the NFL last yeah, year. Yeah, big time. Linebackers, DBs, uh, they're replacing a lot. And then once again, I, I just don't see them as a threat offensively, even with their quarterback in, heading into a second year. 
Um, so I got FSU, especially being at home. I think that plays a huge advantage. People are going to be excited to see this team. I, I think it's going to be closer, though. I'm not. I'm going to take. I'm going to okay, take, take Virginia points. Tech with the points, though. Awesome. So you take the points as well. Another agreement from punt and pass for this weekend's football games. Aaron, it's here. Week one is today. Today, brother, we got a couple games tonight all through the weekend, and you are headed to Laramie, Wyoming. Wyoming takes on who? Wyoming takes on Washington State. Oh, that'd be a good game. And you get to talk to Mike Leach in the production meeting, so I cannot wait to hear those stories. We will have an episode for you next Tuesday. We're going to let Labor Day happen. We'll be back next Tuesday, and I want to hear how much you enjoyed Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey on this first weekend of the 2018 college football season. Go to www.unclenearest.com. Type in your zip code to find out where you can buy it, where you can try it. Holler at them on Twitter and Instagram, at Uncle Nearest, and go to their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Uncle Nearest. He is at Aaron Marie 11. I am at Drew Butler 13. We are at Punt and Pass. Aaron, have a safe trip out to Wyoming. Cannot wait to talk with you next week. Everybody, enjoy week one of the 2018 season, and we will talk to you on Tuesday. See you.